0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling? with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids. And I hope it brings you a little bit of encouragement, a big hug, and support as you navigate this like I am. It's not always easy. It's actually not easy a lot of the time, and it's definitely never perfect. But... I love connecting with my guests on this show, and today my guest is Brighton Peachy. She is the mother of three. She loves to adventure outdoors with her children. She's all about wilderness safety and first aid. She has walked through a pretty traumatic experience with her own kids due to an accident from a distracted driver, which she will share about in this story it has a beautiful ending, though, Well, it carries on. And her kids are all okay, but definitely a gut check on how you are living your life when scary traumatic things happen, that's for sure. Her husband is in his medical residency, so she spends a lot of time with her kids on her own and is very passionate about still getting outdoors and adventuring and doing hard things with their kids solo they have converted a van into a mini camper. So they have a sprinter van that they take with them all around the country and she shares about that. One of the things we also talk about in this episode is minimalism and we kinda jam out on that a little bit because I'm hugely passionate about it myself as well. I hope you take a lot from this episode just like I did. This episode is supported by PrepDish. If you are looking for a simple, convenient way to have your meals ready to go for the week, Allison, the founder of Prep Dish, sends you a detailed grocery list, instructions for prepping at the beginning of the week. You prep it all so that each day of the week, you just spend like 20 minutes, if that, throwing everything together, popping it in the oven or the crock pot, and there you go. Life can feel really stressful and this is one way to make it a little less stressful. Have your meals prepped and ready. Go to PrepDish.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y and that will get you two weeks free, a two week free trial. And these recipes that they send you are delicious, unique, updated, seasonal, all the things. Go to PrepDish.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. All right, friends, leave us a rating and review. If you love the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, that would be a huge help for potential listeners finding us. I hope that you really enjoy my conversation with Brighton Peachy. All right, well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Brighton Peachy on the show. Welcome to the show, Brighton. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my first question is, how are you even doing this interview? Because I know your husband is in med school and you have three very little kids that you stay home with. So where is everybody?
1: My oldest is at school and then my younger two are in front of the TV. (laughs) Love it. So hopefully it's a good show that keeps them entertained while we do this. (laughs) What is the show? Do you know? I think it's Gabby's Dollhouse. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. My boys love it. It's a Netflix one, but very girly, but my boys love it. So. Love
0: love it. I'll have to introduce mine, mine too. I have all boys as well. Oh, fun. Yeah. Well, I found you on Instagram because I love following outdoorsy people. And so you all just seem like you have the most adventurous, fun life. Oh, thanks. We
1: definitely like to get outside. I get kind of cabin fever at home. So we try and get out a lot. And just, I'm sure as you know, having boys, there's a lot of energy, so getting out always, yeah, helps keep everyone sane.
0: Okay, so tell me a little bit about your story. I know you live in
1: Maine now. Where
0: are you mm-hmm. originally from?
1: Um, So originally kind of from Utah. Um, My husband was born and raised there. I lived there for like 17 years, I think. Um, That's where we met. That's where we ha- started our family, and that's where we really fell in love with outdoors and started getting out. But my husband, yeah. He actually just graduated med school and started residency. So we moved out here for that. So we'll be out here for the next three years just kind of exploring this area. But yeah, we love to get outside as much as we can. We try and live like a minimalist lifestyle. Um, yeah.
0: I am so into it. I want to hear so much more. I think one of the biggest things is I always say this. I'm always like, I could live in the smallest house ever if I lived in like perfect weather. You know what I mean? Like we could just be outside 24 seven and you all live in Maine. So like you're, you're going to be dealing with some winter stuff. And one of the things, you know, during COVID we've always been a pretty outdoor family as well. Just not necessarily doing the hiking adventures that your family does as much, but just we're outside a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and during COVID when people weren't hanging out and all the stuff, like I was like, we are going to be outside, even if it's five degrees out, at least an hour. You know, we have to be outside. And I think that that was a really big game changer, not only then, but long term. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like living in a colder climate, how do you how do you pull it off so frequently?
1: Well, we haven't lived in Maine for the winter yet. So this will be a true test this coming winter. But in Utah, we had winter and tons of snow. Um, And so we just really learned to fall in love with different activities, out like outdoor activities all year long. Um, So we're really big into hiking, camping, backpacking in the summer. And then in the winter, we really started liking like cross-country skiing um, and winter hiking. But I think, yeah, just being able to like find hobbies that you enjoy doing year round. And then also I feel like the proper gear and clothing plays a huge part. Because if you have like, good clothing that will keep you warm. You can totally get outside all year long and have a great time.
0: So that's my other thing. Okay. We have to talk about your minimalist lifestyle as well, because I'm so into it. Like my favorite thing to do is get rid of things. Like there is nothing, here. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that brings me more joy than being like, can we get rid of this? Yeah. Um, But that being said, like with the seasons and stuff like that, you do have to have your stuff like and your kids are constantly growing. So you have to you have to buy new stuff because they need new gear. And, you know, you can do hand-me-downs. But I also was having this thought about um, like decorations for like holidays
1: because mm-hmm.
0: the kids love, you know, a Halloween decorations out front. And I've always been like, nope, not doing it. But now every year we buy like one more piece to add to the lawn because they think it's super fun. And it's like counter to my not have a lot of things lifestyle. Um but yeah, I mean that can get that feels overwhelming having all the gear. Like it feels overwhelming mm-hmm. taking everything off, putting it back on, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah, we as far as like our home goes, we're very minimal and like toys and clothing. But then when it comes to outdoor gear, we definitely have a lot, but it's hard because, yeah, like you said, you use it all. Like you need a, you know, we have a backpacking tent and a regular just like car camping tent. And we have summer sleeping bags and winter sleeping bags. Yeah. So it can <laughs> feel really overwhelming. Um, but we just try and be super conscious about paying attention to if there is gear that we've outgrown or no longer need to like donating it or selling it, upcycling it. And then also trying to pick gear that has more than one purpose. So like now we just I have like one pack that's my day pack, my rock climbing pack, and like an overnight backpack rather than having like three separate packs that I did before. So just trying to be super intentional and like finding gear that you could use for multiple things. And I guess like we have the Thule chariot, and I feel like that's like the best example. Cause before I had a bike trailer, my jogging stroller, a regular double stroller, and but now we just have like the one multi sport trailer that does like everything we could need so finding gear like that I think is really helpful
0: can you run with that yeah yeah I should have had one of those I my youngest is four now and so we're kind of out of the stroller Mm -hmm. pushing age a little bit I mean he still rides in the stroller sometimes but like that's that's the kind of stuff if I knew I was gonna have four kids I would have like heavily invested in like the one big thing But I remember I got like a used double bob that was like real junky and like run down. And I'm like, I used that thing for like nine years. Like, why did I not go all in on the best new and and new like it knowing that I was going to have it for so long, but Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way.
0: So tell me like. Was the minimal lifestyle and the outdoor living hardcore like, did you both, you and your husband, both come into the marriage like that, or was one person kind of the one who was more aggressive with it and encouraged the lifestyle? Um, so we both
1: definitely well, I guess my husband came into our marriage that way. He lived out of literally one suitcase that had his clothes in it. I guess he had a suitcase and a shoebox that like Had his important documents in it. Um, And then a suitcase with like clothes and shoes. And that was like it. Whereas I had like two plastic totes of purses when we got married. Which is so (laughs) funny because I'm like not a purse person at all. Um, And so I definitely had like tons of stuff. And then a couple years into our marriage, I watched The Minimalist. Or the, yeah, I think it was The Minimalist documentary and got really hooked and then started diving into it I read the Marie Kondo book and just kind of got hooked on it and we majorly decluttered and downsized we sold like 85% of our things and bought a van and selling off all of our stuff funded converting our van and so then we lived in the van like half the year with our son and started traveling around and then Like two, three years after that, um, my boys and I were in a really bad accident Mm. um, and we almost lost both of them. And that was a big eye-opener for us of just all the things in life that didn't matter. Like we were so worried about just like, you know, the latest fashion or trends, whatever. But all of like the actual stuff and clutter just didn't matter at all. Um, So it really helped us just like focus on what truly mattered, which was obviously our family and being present. And decluttering from then on just helped us in that goal of like becoming closer together and like being more present because living more minimalist, it really does make an impact because when we like decluttered my boys' toys, for example, it freed up so much time that I was spending constantly cleaning up all these toys so I could actually like sit down and play with them um and same with like laundry like when we really like cut back our wardrobe it allowed me to spend less time doing laundry and more time with my family so now i'm just super hooked on it and like you i just love to like yeah declutter and nerd out about it
0: (laughs) i mean i'm gonna have to do some sort of like decluttering when we get off the call I know, same. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to a closet and be like, "What can we get rid of here?" Um, and I feel like I feel like our family is pretty minimal. Like I feel like when my my family comes over here, my mom's like, "What? Where's this? Why don't you have this? Why you guys need to get this? You need to do this." And I'm like, "No, we don't. We don't need to do that." Yeah. Um, but I will say, and I want to dive into your story with your boys and your accident. Um, so tragic, and I'm so glad that they're okay and they're here. Um, but with the minimalists like that, you know, when that documentary came out and all the big hype, I think one of the big things was like, yeah, well, you guys are a bunch of dudes with no kids. Like, of course, you can Mm -hmm. be a minimalist. And that's one of the hard things, because with kids, even if I don't buy my kids stuff, other people are grandma's buying stuff, oh, yeah. grandpa's buying uh-huh. stuff. Oops. And I think that that can be like, we have so many Nerf guns and I don't care about Nerf guns, but like,
1: we don't need 40 Nerf guns.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you manage
1: that? Yeah, that is definitely the trickiest part. And I think to minimalism, it's important to realize minimalism for families just looks different. Totally. Than minimalism. Yeah. For single people or people without families. And it's not about like the number of items you have it's just about the intention behind them like for us we definitely have like we talked about tons of outdoor gear whereas someone might look at our garage and be like whoa they are not minimalist Yeah, like, she's a liar but we use all of it and it makes us so happy and like gets us out- outside and together whereas uh, Like, yeah, my brother and his wife, they just like don't have those outdoor hobbies. So their garage is like totally minimalist. So I think it's just being intentional with your items and then also just expressing that to family and friends. So um, for like our boys birthday, we usually tell the grandparents, especially that instead of buying them gifts, they can just donate the money that they would spend on a gift to their college fund. Um, And we set up just like a 529 account, super easy. And at least in Utah online, you could just give out that link to people. And so they could just like click on the link and donate money right to their college fund, which was super nice. And just, I think, setting those expectations in advance that like, they don't need a lot of toys or even just like telling them like, if there's like one specific toy that they want versus like buying, you know, a whole basket full of just random things.
0: Yeah, for so long for our boys' birthday parties too, we'd just be like, hey, neighbors, we're going to have cake in the backyard in like three hours. Whoever can show up, come show up. And so the whole gift thing wasn't an issue. But now my boys go to all these other birthday parties and these kids are getting all these gifts. And they're like, can I have a real birthday party with presents too? And not that we've never done that, but it's always been pretty light. So now Mm -hmm. I'm like... OK, like actually tomorrow is my six year old's uh, birthday and we haven't like organized anything And my like my thing of just texting neighbors and saying, if you're around, pop by. That's what I want to do. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. of course, nobody's going to bring him a gift and he's going to be disappointed because he goes to birthday parties where kids get gifts. Yeah, it's a hard balance. And, you know, they're kids. They want to have fun. And mm-hmm. it's in in today's culture. And this is such a privileged thing to say, but it's like, you know, you want to teach your kids like people matter. Things don't matter. Yet again, like they have everything they could possibly need. And they're they're just normal human kids that want Mm -hmm. gifts and they want toys like everybody else. How do
1: you talk to your kids about it? We try and just kind of like lead by example. We don't push the whole minimalism on them too much and like kind of force them. So we try and like, yeah, declutter. Like if I know there's toys they're not playing with, I'll kind of declutter when they're not home, things like that. (laughs) Yes, because they will (laughs) find things in the trash. Yes. Yes. Um, But we also will just like sit down with them like when we're cleaning up and being like, man, like we've had a hard time like keeping your room clean lately. I think we might have too much stuff in here. And then just going through with them and like helping them think through the process and kind of being like, you know, like, you don't really play with this car that much anymore. Like, do you think you're going to play with it? Or should we maybe give it to someone else that doesn't have a car that will play with it? Um, and I found that's really helpful to kind of give them a opinion and just voice in the matter and let them kind of decide. And I've realized, yeah, my boys will start to kind of get on a roll and they'll start pulling out things and be like, okay, yeah, we should get rid of this too. And sometimes I'm like, wait, no, I just bought that for you. Like (laughs) Like we actually spent money on that and like, we need to like like not burn that money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wait, don't you want to keep that one? (laughs) Um, Or yeah, I'm like, you do play with that. Like we should probably keep that one. But I think just showing them by example um, and just kind of voicing why we're getting rid of things, not just to like throw stuff out or to punish them. It's been really helpful. Why are we so attached to things,
0: though? Like, even looking oh. through my closet, I just got rid of a bunch of stuff the other day. Because I, like, bought some new jeans. And my whole theory in my head is, like, if you buy something new, you have to get rid of something. Like, mm-hmm. i am got to clear at least one thing out. But, like, I have these, like, shirts from Target from, like, five years ago that I – I, like if you're going to get dressed up and get out of your workout clothes, that is not what you're going to choose to wear. So why are you holding on to it? Like what is the emotional attachment to this shirt from Target that costs $20 that you don't even like? And if you're getting dressed up, it's not the choice. Mm-hmm. Why do we do
1: that? I I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, I actually was cleaning out my drawer of shirts last night, speaking of. And yeah, I had a shirt that I got from college when I did this like Knowles wilderness medicine class and that was kind of the first class that like really put me on the trajectory of my like career path so it was like super sentimental to me but i literally have not worn that shirt and i don't even know eight nine years and so i tried it on it did not look good on me like it was not a great color style anything but i still had such a hard time yeah getting rid of it because it's just like those memories and like emotions that you project onto items and so I really had to, like, kind of sit down, think about it for a second. And one thing I've started doing, I think it might have been from the Marie Kondo book, it sounds super silly and goofy, but it actually really does work, is to just, like, thank the items and, to like, really hold it and be like, okay, like, thank you for, you know, whatever it was that you did for me. Like, in this case, like, thanks for, like, this class, more importantly. Yeah, like, thanks for helping me, like, find the career path that I'm so passionate about and then like realizing that it's like done what it needed to do and it's like okay to let it go um and so i finally was able to like get rid of that shirt even though i've gone through like so many like declutter rounds and it always like manages to squeak its way through um i think just like realizing too just like thinking through like why are you attached to that item like what is the reason behind it and then trying to kind of yeah figure out a way where you can like move those emotions to either something else or to like realize it's okay to let go and you can still have those memories without the object and
0: usually once it's gone you're not sitting around thinking about the shirt Mm -hmm. like it's out of sight out of mind yeah totally (laughs) all right everybody a little while ago, I had a lovely guest on the show. Her name was Tori Summers, and she is the founder of Chadwick Home. One of the things that Tori does at Chadwick Home is the Elf on the Shelf box. She's the creator of the Elf on the Shelf box. And if you're someone like me who is just not organized and not going to get it together on your own, she has created a box. It's $100, and every single day of the month in december she has an activity planned for you for your elf on the shelf now listen i have not done elf on the shelf in the past but now that my kids are getting older and my last is four, the thought of his little self getting out of bed and looking for that elf every morning it just makes my heart sink and i'm all in this year so you all can save 10 dollars off your elf on the shelf box you order it Tori does all the work. You just read the directions and throw your elf with all the fun, different things that she's come up with. And she does different things every year. Um, She puts it together and you move your little elf around. You do that. And she has enough for up to four kids. So the supplies that are coming in your box are enough for up to four kids. If you have additional kids, you can leave a note for her and she will adjust. So I'm gonna tell you to follow her on Instagram. And uh, you can find the Elf on the Shelf gift boxes when you go to chadwickhome.blog backslash elf-box backslash, okay? Easiest to find that if you just go to her Instagram, it's chadwickhome, Chad, W-I-C-K, home. And then in the comments section, just use the code Lindsay10, Y one zero. Put that in the comments box and you will get $10 off this is a small business. Go support Tori and make this whole experience more convenient for yourself. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Brighton Peachy. Let's talk about the accident though and what actually happened and how that changed your life.
1: Yeah. So it was definitely probably one of the most like pivotal moments of my life. So it was like three years ago this month. My kids were, let's see, almost three and 18 months. Um, and we were just out for our morning walk. We went on walks pretty much every morning. Um, I had them in the double stroller. And uh, we were in a crosswalk, one of those crosswalks where you like press the button, light splash and everything. Um, but there was a distracted driver that wasn't paying attention and didn't see us. And. Um, and hit us, mainly the stroller. The stroller kind of unfortunately took the brunt of the impact and was thrown. Um, and so like little background, I'm an EMT. And so kind of like right at that moment, at first I was just kind of like frozen there, like what just happened? And then I heard my oldest son crying, and then kind of just my training automatically kicked in. So I ran over to my oldest son and kind of like I was very, like, detached at this point and just kind of me, like, okay, like, he's crying. That's, like, a good sign. That means he's, like, breathing, conscious, all of that, and so I had to kind of set him back down on the side of the road and ran over to check on my baby who was kind of pinned inside of the stroller, um, and so my baby wasn't breathing, and so I pulled him out, and just seeing him, like, gray and, like, not moving, then I, like, lost it, you know, and was, like, back in just, like, pure, like, mom panic and was just holding there, screaming, like, his name. Um, And then a bystander, someone that had seen it and stopped, came up to me and said, like, what can I do? Like, how can I help? And then that, like, snapped me back kind of to reality and to, like, my training of, like, okay, what do we need to do? And so then I just, like, focused on the super basic breakdown of, like, In, if anyone has the medical first aid training, yeah, it's like your ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation. Um, and so, yeah, had to revive my youngest son, started CPR when the firefighters got there. Um, and then they were both flown to the hospital, and from there, it was just like a very long road to recovery. They both had really bad traumatic brain injuries, um, lots of broken bones. My oldest had like a skull fracture and brain bleed. Um, But my youngest was definitely like very critical and had a broken neck and really bad uh, brain damage. And so, yeah, it kind of just really like totally shifted our perspective, like from that moment on of, yeah, like I was saying before, what truly matters in life. And just like that morning, I was so worried about, yeah, like getting all my laundry done and like, mm getting the house cleaned and my oldest had wanted to play cards with me. And I told him no, because I needed, yeah, to finish cleaning up the kitchen and like put the laundry away. And like, I remember like when we were sitting at the hospital, like waiting for them and just like thinking back to like that moment that morning. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that could have been the last chance I had to play with my son. And I told him no to clean my house. And it, yeah totally changed me from then on and just how I saw the world and what is important and kind of really helped us moving forward just, yeah, with how we wanted to live our life and what we wanted to show our children um, that we cared about, which was them, obviously. And so uh, um, the outdoors obviously came into play again after that experience also as just a big part of our lives because I didn't feel safe taking my kids on walks in our neighborhood anymore and um, so that's when we really started hiking a lot more um at first it was just like kind of therapeutic to get out of the house and help relieve some stress and just kind of like the calming effects of nature and then as my youngest um started his like road to recovery he had to learn to crawl again and then to walk again and talk again and all of that and just being outdoors was a huge part of that I think he felt the calming effects of nature and just also like being on trails was really good for his physical therapy like the uneven terrain and just watching them um progress and like make such miraculous recoveries like It was amazing to watch. And I think, yeah, like being outdoors played a big part in that.
0: Were you already super into outdoors though before that? You were into it, just not as much?
1: Yeah, we were into it, but I didn't do as much with my kids just because it was like harder. So my husband and I, we met rock climbing. So like before kids, that was like pretty much all we did. We just like would go out and climb. Um, But then once we had kids, it was just trickier. So we did get out and hike a lot and things like that but it was definitely a lot more yeah after the accident um and then as soon as i saw like how good it was for my boys to like be out um because like their brain injuries also like too much stimulation just like they couldn't handle it and so being outside where it was like quiet and there wasn't like bright lights mm-hmm. or noises really helped them um and so then yeah then it we just kind of got hooked on it and Now it's just, yeah, a part of our daily life. When your kids were airlifted,
0: did you have to like drive to the hospital? Like you, did you not get a ride with them?
1: So luckily, so the helicopters were kind of like 10 minutes out. So the ambulances took them to a hospital that happened to be like five minutes down the street. So I rode in the ambulance. Actually, I'm trying to even think. Yeah, I did go in an ambulance there. And then the helicopters flew them from that hospital to the children's hospital. And luckily, one of the firefighters there, like, told the flight crew when they came to pick up my oldest son, like, mom's going with you guys, like, she's not driving. Because it was probably like a 25-30 minute drive. And I was obviously a wreck. And they're like, she cannot drive up there. Like, you guys are flying her. Like, bring the bigger helicopter. And Awesome. They let me go with them, thankfully, Um, because my husband was actually already at the hospital because he was in med school. Oh, my gosh. So he was already up there. So we just met him there. Um,
0: Did he know like you were in route? Like, did he know what was going on?
1: Kind of at the scene. Someone took my phone and called him and uh, all they told him. I can't remember exactly. He he saw it was my number and answered and it was a stranger. So he was like, what's going on? And they were like, your wife and children have been in an accident. Like, and he was like, well, are they okay? And they're like, I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, they said they're going to the hospital now. And that was kind of like all he got. And then when Oof. we were at the first hospital, I talked to him and I was like, hey, we're coming to primaries, like stay there, we'll meet you there. But he was kind of in the dark, just waiting because like, I couldn't handle talking on the phone. My parents didn't know what was going on. Someone else called my mom's number from my phone. So like all my family knew was that we were in an accident and that we were going to the hospital. So that was really hard for him because he was just kind of sitting, waiting on pins and needles.
0: Gosh. And he was already there. That's so wild. Mm -hmm. Wow. So your boys are good now. Are they totally recovered Mm -hmm. or is it still like, do they still have to do therapy or anything with the brain damage?
1: Um, so they're, yeah, they're doing amazing, way better than we thought they would. Um, my youngest was actually paralyzed on one side after the accident. So we weren't sure if he would ever like walk or talk again because he was so little when it happened, they weren't able to really tell us a Mm long-term prognosis and they still aren't. Um, but he has come way further than they expected. And yeah, he's talking again. He's still not at the level he should be. So he'll probably be delayed for his life. Um, But we're just, yeah, super proud of the progress that they have made. It's been really amazing to watch them. They've been such an example to me that, like, no matter what happens, like, you just got to keep going and just put one foot in front of the other and keep trying, especially with my youngest, like, when he started to learn to walk again, as soon as he was able to, like, stand up by himself he didn't want help anymore and he was just so determined to just do it himself and he would take like one step and fall and then like slowly climb back up and take one step and fall again but if we tried to help him he would just like (laughs) want us off and so yeah they've definitely been an example to me to just
0: push forward oh and you have another one since then
1: yes we've had a third boy since then okay
0: and how does he know
1: he is 18 months.
0: Okay, okay. So, you know when you when you were talking about the um card game and like I should have just played the card game. I struggle with this concept a lot because I'm with you on it. Like I'm like stop what you're doing and just just go push him on the swing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I I do think that I do think about that bigger picture thing maybe more than most people, maybe not. I don't know. Um but then there really are times where you're like yeah, I got to get stuff done. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like the balance of like fully always being like, yes, yes, you know, being the yes mom and then like realistically being like, yeah, but like I do need to get this done. It sometimes can feel overwhelming because you want to do both. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Oh, oh definitely. Um, Especially coming yeah, from I'm- the real life circumstance that you you really had that like
1: mm-hmm. flash in
0: front of your eyes.
1: Yeah, I've definitely had to uh, find the balance with it. Um especially since having my third, it was way easier to like manage everything when I just had the two, especially cuz for so long my, you know, my youngest wasn't mobile or like he wasn't making messes or doing like normal toddler things. Um so it was super easy to stay on top of things and like really just like focus on them. But I've had to really learn, yeah, to just try and balance. And I try and incorporate them in, like, the household chores that I need to do. So if I'm just, like, picking up random things and, like, putting them back where they go, we'll usually play, like, hide-and-go-seek. So, like, as we're playing hide-and-go-seek and and the boys are, like, hiding, I'll pick up a few things. And then when I go to find them, I'll, like, be, like, putting it away while I'm looking. Um, Or I'll have them help make dinner with me. Even if it's just them just, like, sitting on the counter next to me, like, playing with the measuring cups. Um, trying to just, yeah, incorporate them into, like, the daily tasks that I need to do. And then the other thing I I usually do is just, like, setting aside whether it's, like, 10 or 15 minutes to, like, sit down with them one-on-one and do whatever it is that they want to do, whether it's draw, play, um, and then after that time is up to go get – whatever it is I need done. And even that short amount of time, like 10 minutes, like one-on-one with them really does make an impact. And you really see like the connection in just that short amount of time.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I try to do that when I pick my youngest up from preschool. He's my big three are all in school now. And my youngest comes home at one. And I always try to like be like, okay, even if, because I still am working sometimes when he gets home and he's a really Mm -hmm. self-sufficient little guy, like he can tinker around on his own, quite well but like if I just give him like a little bit of time where I'm like just me and you it it really like takes him really far with his mm-hmm. like independent play and I, I part of it is who he is but also part of it is that we we really worked for that mm-hmm. like him being independent and whatnot and I guess when you're the fourth kid like <laughs> there's so much independence <laughs> you that you just to have to bad. have yeah <laughs> Hey friends, I wanna let you know, in February, the weekend of February 3rd through 5th, I'm gonna be going down to Jacksonville, Florida for the Donna Marathon weekend. I'm doing the half marathon. If you are someone who is interested in running, They have a 5k that weekend as well it is saturday the half marathon and the marathon is sunday they also have a kids fun run a one mile family run on saturday it is a great weekend for everybody my kids do the fun run i do the half marathon the next day again that's in jacksonville florida a great time to go down to florida in february the whole race supports The donna foundation which helps people walking through a breast cancer diagnosis and also funds groundbreaking research i'm a huge fan of this organization i've been going to this race for five years now and i can't imagine a year without it it was super sad the year of the pandemic when things weren't happening i really really missed going to this race starts and finishes at the beach jacksonville beach it's beautiful it's fun come join me i'm gonna have a meetup a group run a meetup at an awesome restaurant and you guys can save 10% when you use the code Lindsay, L I N D S E Y one zero, on your registration, get it on your calendar, grab your girlfriends, bring your family over to Jacksonville and come meet up with me. It's going to be fun. Just go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay, L I N D S E Y one zero for 10% off your registration. Let me know if you plan to be there. All right, back to the show. So one of the things you're really passionate about, too, is is first aid and, and knowing, you know, how to take care of things when you're out on your own. And I really admire you. You know, your husband is at work a lot and you do adventure together a lot. But like you do a lot on your own with just you and your boys. Mm-hmm. And that can be super intimidating for several reasons, are they going to melt down? Are we going to get lost? Is someone going to get hurt? So talk to us about your adventures together. I love the story of uh, your paddle boat with the three of them yes. and you and how the guy at the lake was like, uh, I don't know about this. And then you showed him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My With my husband just being gone and busy so much, I just had to kind of make the decision. Like getting outside and like adventuring is really important to me. So I just got to make it happen by myself, Um, and I get lots of looks all the time, like the guy on the paddleboard that was like, this is going to be a disaster, you can't do that, Um, and it usually just fires me up more, and I'm like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong, but I think just, yeah, like, getting prepared, especially with, like, basic first aid, helps so much um, when it comes to just feeling confident, getting out, because I know if something does happen, that I can I'll know what to do in this situation. Um, and with the boys accident, that's when I really Mm. realized like the power of just like basic knowledge and training. Um, because if I hadn't been trained as like an EMT and had that like first aid experience and like knowledge, my youngest probably wouldn't be here with us today. Um, Mm. and so I think, I think moms, whether you like to get outdoors or not should just have that kind of like basic first aid training and like, know-how of what to do because it is super empowering to know that like if something does happen you can handle the situation
0: yeah at what age will you teach your boys like I was just thinking about this because um people will probably judge me for this but sometimes my like (laughs) we put my 10 year old in charge and we'll like run loops in the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. he's super responsible it's like a gut instinct thing I trust him but I'm like I really need to get him in like a safe sitter class. Like he's just, he needs to learn those things. So have you thought about like when you'll teach your boys those things?
1: Yeah, I definitely want them to do like, like a formal class or training, but I've already started trying to teach them what to do. So whenever like a situation arises, I'll just try and use it as a learning experience. Um, And I kind of look at it in the same way that you like teach your children about stranger danger. Mm -hmm. I don't try and like, scare my kids with all the bad things that could happen like we're we're like on these adventures outdoors but I want them to know like the reality and that like it is a possibility you can't just like you know get through life and think like nothing bad will happen um so like this past summer we were hiking and my oldest almost got bit by a rattlesnake we like Mm -hmm. came around a corner in the trail and he was running ahead of me and there was like a small rattlesnake that was right on the edge of the trail and it kind of like lunged at him. And so then like the whole drive home and like over the next few days I just kind of taught them like okay this is like what you need to be careful with with like snakes and like we don't try and catch snakes mm. um especially if you don't know what they are and you need to stay this far back from snakes and talk to them like about if you had gotten bit like this is what you would have needed to do. And like obviously He's six, like he can't, you know, do a full, like, first aid assessment or, like, full plan of care, things like that. But just, like, basic knowledge of, like, okay, like, if you got bit by a snake, you should sit down and call for help, like, call an adult or things like that. And, uh, okay, (laughs) we usually, like, do not have this many bad experiences. But this (laughs) summer, we also got, we also got followed by a bear for a while. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. And luckily, we had already talked to my kids about, like, what you do with um if you see a bear and so I was kind of like filming it yeah and in the video you keep hearing my oldest say like okay do we play dead yet because we had taught (laughs) him if a bear attacks you you need to like lay down and play dead and so he kept just like he was totally calm because he like knew what to do in his mind and so he's just like hey well we should play dead right like that's what we're supposed to do now like and wasn't panicked at all um so I think just like trying to teach them as you go through life and just whenever like something comes up, whether you're like at a river and you notice the water is really strong and you can talk to them about, yeah, like currents and like areas that aren't safe to swim. Like even though my boys are little, they le- have learned that like if the water is white and like really like bubbly that we don't swim there. Like mm-hmm. we'll only swim if the water's flat. Um, so they know, yeah, if we're playing that like, And they'll point out too, like when we're hiking, they'll be like, oh, like, look how flat that water is. That looks like a good spot to swim. Um, So kind of approaching it in that way, I think helps because even kids at like a really young age can grasp on to like more than we think they can.
0: Okay. I have to know more about the bear though. Were you scared?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not at first because we've seen a lot of bears out and I was like, oh, cool. There's the bear. So I started filming. So I'm like, I love bears. They're my favorite animals. I'm like, cool. And then it just started following my husband and my son up the trail because they were a little bit further behind us. And so the bear kind of came out from, like, behind this rock. And I was like, hey, babe, there's a bear behind you. And he kind of looked. and I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty close. <laughs> so he starts yelling at it and starts hiking up the trail thinking, like, okay, no big deal. Like, the bear is probably gone. And then I, like, I'm like, like, hey, like, it's still following you. <sighs> And so then we started walking up the trail and then we started yelling at it, throwing rocks and it just kept coming. And I looked at it and it was like, you could tell it like was not scared of us at all. And that's when I started to kind of like panic. So I'm like, we have three little kids with us and we did have bear spray, but we didn't have a gun or anything. And so, uh, yeah, I started to panic. Like, how are we going to like, if this bear charges, how are we going to like protect three kids? Like if it was me and my husband, I would have felt a lot better um and so we just kept moving up the trail like as quickly as we could without running and it followed us for like a half mile like 20 minutes and we were chucking rocks at it screaming and finally and like every time we turned around it was still like right behind us following us so finally we met up with like a big group of hikers
0: oh you saw people and then
1: uh-huh. but it still kept coming so we started hiking with them and then finally I don't know after another 10-15 minutes we couldn't see it anymore. But yeah, definitely like the closest call we've had in nature. How does that not
0: deter you from getting back out? Because that would scare me so bad that I'd be like, I'm not risking that
1: again. I think just like knowing how to handle like animal situations like helps again with just like the knowledge and like confidence. And it was also, I think, just like a fluke experience. So they, they've actually been having, we've since learned problems with that there. And it's just been getting more aggressive towards people. So they had Um. to relocate it. Because usually bears... It was like a black bear, not a grizzly bear. Um, because That is kind of a different situation. But, you know, usually they will be, like, scared off by what we were doing. But honestly, like... And I don't know if it's maybe just, like, the trauma from our accident. But I'm, like, way more scared in the city, like, Mm -hmm. of a car accident than Mm I am an encounter in the wilderness. And so... Yeah, but I do always go prepared, too. Like, I'll always hike with bear spray if there's big animals or, like, predators in the area, and just, like, avoiding, like, trails at dawn or dusk, things like that mm-hmm. to help. I talk to
0: a lot of, like, ultra runners on my podcast for runners, and I'm, I'm always, like, man, these women, they get out there and they run 30 miles in the trails all by themselves. So just, like, total badass, but it's the animals... <laughs> That would mm-hmm. really scare me the most, but they're, I mean, they're like you, they're prepared. They know what to look for. They know how to react and, um, but yeah, I mean, it's wild. Okay. So can convince us all to convert a van like you guys do and tell us where to like, how to book things. Cause I saw that when you guys go on trips with your van, you like, and this is so me. So I was like, Oh, that's a relief. Cause I don't want to book anything till last minute. Cause I don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen in the meantime. So tell us about that life.
1: So yeah, we love the van life. This is our, we just converted our second van. Um, Everyone should do van life. It is so fun. But if you can hire someone to convert your van, that's even better (laughs) because it is so much time and work, but worth it. Um, And yeah, we're we're definitely like last minute planners. Um, We like to just get up and go. So the van is great for that. Just like always Uh, ready to go. Mm -hmm. yep it's got everything in there that we need and utah was great because there was so much like blm land and like surrounding states places we could just go camp for free east coast has been a little bit different um and so far we've lucked out and been able to get like cancellation sites um or last minute sites like that um but i did realize that yeah. In some areas, you do need to be a little bit more prepared just where there's not as much like public land and free camping spots. But kind of our tricks for finding camp spots, there's some really great apps like Dirt, Campadium. I I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, So we'll use some of the camp apps to find like free camping sites um, and locations. Um, There's also a lot of not so glamorous van life where we sleep at rest stops or Walmart parking lots. Um, but we also will just like, even when campgrounds say they're full, if you need a spot, you can usually go and talk to the camp host and be like, Hey, did anyone not show up for their Mm -hmm. reservation or did someone leave early? And we've knock on wood, have always lucked out and gotten a spot. So that's kind of like an insider tip. Yeah.
0: And I feel like, you know, it's kind of like all the hype. You see these families on Instagram doing traveling and doing this, but like you you're a little bit different because you guys do like live your regular life at home. Your husband is, you know, he's in his residency. So like you have this Mm -hmm. like life, but then when he has availability and time, you guys just pack up and go. And so I love it because it's like you have both. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, I think people think it has to be all or nothing. And most people it can't be all or nothing because we have regular jobs and, or at least our spouses do or whatever. Um, so I think, it, I think you have a really realistic picture on how to make it work when you have lots of other things going on as well.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's been definitely about that balance for us. Um, and the van was a big part too, of me just like doing a lot of solo adventures with my kids because I don't always feel sleep, safe sleeping in a tent by myself with them um and so I love the van and before the van we had like a teardrop trailer for a while so having just like a space where I can like lock the doors makes me feel way safer getting out and adventuring with my kids oh for
0: sure um all right so we're gonna wrap up here three tips for camping with your family though with little kids people are scared to do Um, it I mean I'm one of them I just don't want to deal with the hassle it's yeah
1: just First tip, I'd say set your expectations low. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) just know it'll be a little rough, especially like your first couple of trips. Um, But even if it's rough, like, you'll still make like such good memories. It will still be so worth it. And then trying to just stick with your home routine as much as possible. So like bedtime routine and things like that is really helpful for kids when they're in like a totally new environment setting. And then my third tip is a sound machine. Mm -hmm. It makes such a difference. I don't know why we didn't do one sooner, but even just like when my husband and I go camping now, we always take a sound machine um, because everyone just sleeps so much better.
0: Oh, how did we live without sound machines? I, oh yeah, I kids or no kids? I, I, I do even growing up, I had like a fan on for noise. Mm-hmm. I always had a fan, and don't even get me started. Now I sleep with earplugs and eye mask, like all the things. <laughs> I, Love I, it. I as minimalist as I will get, I will not get rid of my earplugs <laughs> and my eye mask.
1: <laughs> Whatever you need for sleep, sleep is like yes, so important.
0: yes. Um, okay, and then three tips for minimalism, like just getting started or
1: whatever. Um, uh, so uh, one thing I love to do to like get people started is they can do the minimalism game. So first day of the month, they'll get rid of one item. Second day of the month, they'll get rid of two, third day of the month, three items and so on throughout the whole month. And then by the end of the month, you've decluttered like over 500 items from your home. So it starts off really easy and then slowly like progresses. Um, But usually it kind of like eases people into the process and Mm kind of gets them hooked on it. So that would be my first tip. And then second tip is to just like go by category. A lot of people like to go room by room, which if that works for you, totally do it. But also going by category is really helpful. So like when you declutter your books, pull out all the books from your whole house from like every room, cookbooks, whatever. And then you can like really see and appreciate like how much you have. And then kind of this kind of flows into the third tip is like pull out all of that stuff and then only put back the things that you absolutely love. Because it's Mm -hmm. way easier to pick out the items that you love, like what you do when you're packing for a trip. Like, you know, you usually pick out your favorite clothing items or whatnot. Um, And that's just way easier than trying to pull things out to get rid of.
0: Um, I love that. I did the minimalist challenge, uh, game probably five years ago and I thought I was doing good. And then I did that game and I was getting rid of bathing suits from like when I was like 17, I'm like, why do I think after three babies, I'm going to wear this string bikini. Like (laughs) I still wear two piece bathing suits, but like not that one. Like, why am I holding on to this? I don't have girls, so I'm not passing this bathing suit down to
1: anybody. Yeah. Oh, the things you find is, yeah, always fun. That, And you would,
0: I would never find anything like that in my house now, especially we moved. Moving is huge. That's always oh, yeah. helpful. We moved from Indiana to North Carolina, and I was like not taking anything we don't use. And now some things slipped by, but like that mm-hmm. was awesome. People were like, don't oh, yeah. you just, just have the movers pack you as well? I'm like, uh-uh,
1: I'm not giving up the opportunity yeah. to get rid of stuff. I I love moving for the same reason and like with this move like yeah we've been minimalist for years and like I'm constantly like going through my home and like decluttering but when we moved like I thought we were pretty like minimalist but I like was cutthroat because I'm like I don't want especially because we were moving all the way across the country so there were so many things that like I just like thought about it like is this worth moving across the country and that helped me get rid of so
0: much oh totally it's it's the best feeling um all right so we're gonna wrap up in a podcast here so you can get back to your boys they're doing a great job i know so proud of them i'm, I'm a little nervous
1: it's been kind of quiet
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good episode it's just a good episode yeah uh what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet
1: so i want to start a like online like um wilderness first aid course oh cool it's like a pretty brief condensed course that people could take just to help them. Yeah. Feel more prepared and confident getting outdoors.
0: Do it. You've got all, you got all the knowledge. It's just, it's just putting it together that it's like getting it all organized. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read?
1: Um, well, I actually don't have one for this one. I have not had time (laughs) to read. (laughs) I wish I used to read so much and love reading, but haven't lately. I've been reading a book on skincare. It's really boring, but <laughs> trying to improve what's going on. In my what face, is it so. though? What's the book? Um, I think it's called the 30 day skincare fix or okay. this 30 day Skin Ca- skin solution. It's by a dermatologist that my husband used to work with that had like phenomenal skin. So I was like, okay, if she looks that good, I'll try it. And I can send you the name of it.
0: Yeah. What do you use? Because I you know, I got on the beauty counter thing. I was buying beauty counter all the time, but I mean, it's like, oh, here's our travel pack for sixty dollars, and it's like this like little two ounce thing. So I haven't been using it as much. But do you have a product you love?
1: No, I I'm trying to learn more about skincare because obviously being outside a lot, just like, is very damaging to your skin. I do love the Elta MD sunscreen. Okay. I do daily. I do sunscreen on my face every day, and then um what's the have, what's the brand that you said uh elta md okay and then i have a vitamin sears c- vitamin yeah. c serum that i do pretty much daily also um but yeah i am i'm not i wish i knew more about skincare i know
0: but the vitamin c serums like it's it's expensive right like i don't think there's mm-hmm. a cheap vitamin c serum out there but that's like all the rave yeah yeah okay. i've
1: heard good things about that and retinol yeah i did get a retinol thing i don't know exactly what these things do but they're supposed to help with (laughs) skin. so i put them on my face (laughs) oh i feel yeah um
0: okay cool of all your adventures place to visit adventure with kids that you highly recommend to us
1: oh there's so many good ones uh moab is super fun with kids moab in utah um also, I've gotta just plug Maine in the fall mm. has been absolutely incredible. yeah, we did paddle boarding um and saw like all the fall leaves that way, which was something we'd never done before. I don't know why because it was amazing. Does everybody have um, wetsuits? Is that do they y'all wear wetsuits when you do that? Uh, no, we just wore regular my oldest, I guess had his wetsuit on, but we just wore our regular clothes and just hoped that we were <laughs> that you didn't fall in. in, which is maybe not the best plan of action. Um, but it was, like, a really nice fall day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Acadia and, like, Maine in the fall is
0: unbelievable. And what's your last message to
1: leave with the audience today? Yeah, to not let parenthood, motherhood overwhelm you and just focus on, like, those simple moments with your kids and just what matters. And, yeah, to get outdoors because it really does help in, like, so many aspects of everything. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.
0: All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Brighton, for coming on the show. You all can find Brighton on Instagram. She is Brighton Peachy over there. You can find me. I am Lindsay Hine 626. You can find this podcast. Why is everyone yelling on Instagram as well? We would love to connect with you. Find more about the network sandy boy productions that's our podcast network and you can learn about all of our shows over on our website sandyboyproductions.com you can also follow sandy boy on instagram sandy boy productions we'd love to get to know you more send us a message let us know what you'd like to hear on this podcast i'm so grateful for you go check out chadwick home for those elf on the shelf boxes again Lindsay 10 will get you $10 off your order when you just put that in the comment box and uh, make your week easier with PrepDish, prepdish.com slash Lindsay for a free two-week trial. Uh, Friends, thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?